Hey everyone, this is Christy, Sold Magazine's assistant editor, and welcome to another episode of In the Spray Room, our podcast where we talk to some of the best and brightest artists working on the streets today. For our daily online content, check us out on soulmagny.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at soulmag. Today's crew consists of myself, Bike Girl. Hello. Erica. Hi. And Brooklyn's own, Big Ronnie. Hello, everybody. Before we introduce today's special guest, Big Ronnie, tell us what's going on. Well, we got a couple of things on the sold calendar. I just want to run through pretty quick. Uh, coming up on March 23rd, we have two shows. Number one is the Mix in the Art show in Queens and the Blended show at the Amsterdam Whitney Gallery. Uh, I have the address here, 531 West 25th. The reception's 3 to 5. Also coming up, we have the Wellingcourt M- Mural Festival on June 8th. We have Moniker Art Fair coming up May 1st through the 5th. And it's looking like it's going to be a pretty busy spring. People are getting murally active out there. They are working. They're still a little cold, but the paint is sticking to the walls. There's the smell of paint in the air. We are currently cat-sitting for Jenna Morello. And she had a, a collab piece in the neighborhood a couple of weeks ago that Erica was down. Uh, you want to tell the people a little bit about that? Uh, a Cobre was a Argentinian uh, hyper-realism artist. And uh, Jenna met him at Wabash Walls in Indiana. And uh, like she did last year with Finch from San Francisco, invited him to our little neighborhood of Bay Ridge to uh, paint a wall. And he gave us a beautiful Frank Sinatra, uh, just his eyes. It's it, And then Jan- Jenna framed it with this beautiful frame. Um, and we're, the neighborhood is really loving it. I think uh, it's being well-received. And I got to do a little Q&A with him before he was headed to L.A., where he painted downtown L.A. And I think he's in San Francisco now, too. Now, didn't we have somebody basically waiting for him to get off the plane in L.A. to shoot what he was working? Um, Our newest L.A. contributor, the Echo Parker, shout out to her. Um, She has been covering L.A. activities uh, for Sold Magazine, um, and she's been doing a great job. So uh, we've been keeping in touch with her, and um, if you're in L.A., reach out to her. She's... uh, She's been a really great help to uh, what we're doing here on Sold Magazine. Now, what I found interesting about that Frank Sinatra eyes piece was that he did it in color, but his reference photo was bold black and white. Now, me, not as an artist who has tried anything difficult, that just it breaks my brain. And he said he uses like only 10 colors uh, generally. So that also was just a hard concept to... You know, there's lots of different skin tones and there's lots of different colors of eyes and all What's kinds his of IG? things. Cobre art? C O B R E uh A R T. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well that takes us to our guest and we're very excited. What? I'm getting notes from Uh yeah, just want to give a quick shout out to Mr. June. Um, heard through through well, through his own postings, he met a little bit of an accident. It's gonna be down for quite a while and we just wanna tell him we're thinking about him. And you don't need to be able to walk to do a podcast, so come on in. <laughs> Live from the hospital. <laughs> Live from the hospital. I so, hope he's going good. What's that? I'm hoping he's okay. Yeah. yeah. That Us too. Horrible. Rest up. Don't go too hard, and the walls will be waiting for you. Mm. So that then brings us to the, today's guest. 
I first met this young lady at Sonic Jungle a little over two years ago now at this point, and I watched her step up to wall and say, oh, this is for me? Thank you so much. And you couldn't have been nicer. She was just so happy. She stood back. She put her hand on her chin and went in and drew a monkey in a space helmet in space, and it was it just kept going. And I, I have a picture of six or seven photographers crowded around you <laughs> taking pictures during that, and I caught that picture. But let insane. me tell everybody who we're talking with. We're talking with Martha Licia. Yeah. Welcome to In the Spray Room. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it feels nice to be here. <laughs> so what What was that, uh, the, the monkey in the space helmet? I, it was the first thing I had to ask you about. Well, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's an ongoing story that started with the birth of my son. And he was born in 2015. It and originally thought that the concept of art and pri- primal instincts, primal behavior, and how to learn in life came from a, a new beginning. So the idea of my son being a, a uh, space astronaut of some sort came from the idea that he came prematurely somehow, at five months. Oof. And at the same time, too, I had to be bedridden for almost three days. But I had to... to encapsulate this is the part this is the, the, the beautiful science behind it I had to remain to continue give, giving him ambiotic fluid in order for him to survive so then the concept of oxygen and water was so uh, intriguing that we all you know primal and our own uh, vulnerability needed such elements as air and water so then obviously the space pertains to outer space not here on earth but when you're, an, uh, I call it an astronaut, in this womb, you have to also, even your, your skin or your, this avatar body is like an astronaut suit in my, in my, in my, my theories. <laughs> so then, okay, primal and astronaut, meaning that we are learning how to become humanized by learning in this you know, like, uh, interesting environment. So th- eventually I was um, pulling out ideas every single day that passed by as to how vulnerable we all are. And that keeps me speechless, pretty much, almost all the time. <laughs> so that, I, instead of putting a human, because then at the same time, then I have to define a human. Is it African-American? Is it, is it a European descent? Is it Asian? But no, we all are primal. We all came from a, an origin of survival. So then I kept it to that, le- that level. So I don't have nobody, there's no discrimination. <laughs> <laughs> so the monkey is everyone's ancestor, not one any person in, in, in yes. individual. That's Co- cool. Correct. <laughs> Keep it loving. <laughs> I love all people. So the primal aspect is is the survival aspect, the the needing to eat, the needing to 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 have to mate, the needing to to expand, uh, socialize. Flea, the, the, the the three Fs: flea, fight, or fuck. One of That's those. What, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just about every time, you know. <laughs> So that's where the origins of that theory came in. You know, originally I was obsessed with octopus because I thought that as myself, where when I get in tune with people, my aura is like tentacles. I really want to engulf in your presence. I really want to enjoy every fiber of your thoughts. I want to engulf your mem- your past history. What ailed you? So my whole tentacles was more more or less like, I want your being to be a part of me. So that was the concept of the tentacles being an extension of myself uh, embracing others somehow. But not in a malicious way. It's more like 
I love you. This is how I'm gonna love you. <laughs> Whatever you feel, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll take you anywhere. <laughs> and then, then that the mural that I did was the the, the so self portrait of my octopus with the chimpanzee on the helmet. Meaning, I'm gonna love you even if you're five months old. You know, no matter how it is, how you came about, I'm still gonna be engulfed in your fibers of your thoughts and your fibers of your being. I'm gonna be around. See, that's why I was. I, that's one of the reasons I was looking forward to sitting down with you. Um, and we, this is a, this is the second time we scheduled with you. Yes. We, you had a conflict the last time. It is, yeah. It's it's a cha- It was a challenge. Now it's a lot easier now because uh, the, I had difficulties uh, nursing. Uh, not just my child, but the people around me that didn't understand uh, my demands for creative activities or creative endeavors. They didn't have their reality uh, clashed with my needs so in regards to coming here that was a it was a struggle to to not can't say place boundaries but um amplify my needs and i was always scared because i always take care of everybody else's uh you have to put yourself first sometimes i'm learning it i'm learning it but i'm learning it in a very subtle and gentle way because a lot of people um, tend to be uh, even myself egotistical or want to demand my my identity has more mad- more uh, significance than yours, you know, due to my pain. But now I realize that <coughs> it's important, but at the same time, it shouldn't anchor somehow m- my needs are more. It's just you met me this way. You have to understand that this is how I function. So that's event. That's the, the main core of why I wasn't able to attend because nobody was attending my son. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't mind bringing him here, but then he would have just ate this, <laughs> would have <laughs> thrown it on the floor, <laughs> ate that, and throw the cup away. <laughs> so then that it would have been chaotic a little bit. How old is he now? He's three, going on fifty-four. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> he's in the age of no. He's interesting. <laughs> I think threes harder. They always talk about terrible twos. I think threes are actually harder because they have a voice, and they understand how they can embarrass you in public. At that point, they start learning those tricks and things. The uniqueness, yeah. They're so smart. They are. That it's like, yeah. Where's my like? Where's the boundaries and where the buttons to push you? Exactly. So now I know where not to cross that again. Yeah. The interesting part of my my son is that when I was uh, still having him in my being, they gave me um, steroids. They also gave me magnesium, and to amp- to open up the cerebral, in order f- in order for him to intake oxygen. Which then eventually, what I realized when, and under the on well developing now, he's quick to memorize things. It's can't, I can't say he has like special needs, but he's really bright mm. and he understand and he has great memory. If you say to him one thing that had nothing pertains to him in particular, say you say a curse word or or even wonderful profound things, he memorize the words quickly, and mm. that's in. I find it to be interesting, mm-hmm. you know. More children at that age, they just want to play, but he just want to—he just want to observe and articulate and mirror everything that's happening. I guess a, a lot of three-year-olds are like that. I don't know. Is, <laughs> is he uh, displaying any creative tendencies yet? Um, he uh, creatively, hmm, I think he enjoys being—he wants to become a teacher of some sorts. He loves alphabets. Oh yes, I can say creatively, he's learning Russian. Russian alphabets, and I didn't even understand how he learned it. So there was like, I'm like, where are you learning all this? Ah, grakisnak and yakisnak. I'm like, what the hell? That's not even Sesame Street. No. And then listen, no, but there was a tablet that I put, you know, put in educational things. 
and he chose to pick Japanese and, and Russian. I'm like, oh, and now he's learning sign language, how to do alphabets. I'm like, you're three. Oh, my God. But <laughs> I, I encourage it, though, and I expose as much as, my, as I can creatively. Like, um, I even draw upside down. I have him draw upside down, too, you know, uh, triangles and squares upside down. And so that he can not feel structured to have the fluidity that there is more to it. And he's enjoying it in every step of the way. But then he, you know, he's a three-year-old, so he's like, everything. And I, let's say if I want to take a piss, I'll go somewhere and say, no, you come here. And then you <laughs> continue. <laughs> I'm like, no, I can't pee on myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he'll be watching you. <laughs> no, you'll feel tag Or you close the bathroom door and you see the little fingers come up underneath the door. It was horrible <laughs> at some point that he wanted to sit with me while I was sitting and doing yeah. my business. <laughs> 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 Sorry. That's okay. It's cute. Uh, you made me picture it, but that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> what does Christy have on her notepad for oh, Miss Martha uh, Lisa? Yeah. <laughs> with all the notes. Uh, I heard that there's something upcoming where you're going to be reciting your personal surreal, surreal poems live, mm-hmm. and I wanted to know. What is a more vulnerable and risky experience for you, expressing yourself through painting and art or through poetry? Hmm, that's a beautiful question. <laughs> I <Huh>. agree. <laughs> because in the beginning, I had a hard time expressing verbally uh, complex ideas in the, from the beginning with because I had in my mind English and Spanish, and I didn't know where I belonged because I culture clashed everything around me. <laughs> Living in Harlem, there's like Asian, there's African Americans, and at that point, I didn't know where because I didn't belong in life. I didn't feel like I could belong anywhere. I felt really out of place, you know. And try to articulate that to different people, you know, it's more like a, a shunning. you you got to have to be one thing or the other, you know. So uh, after, I guess the, the, the challenge is um, through poem, poetry, it's, it's a light. I kind of got into it later on playing around in Facebook, I guess. <laughs> kind of gave me some type of backbone. But uh, eventually the thinking of poetry kind of helped me have visual play, and now I can articulate that visual play via words. But again, it wasn't easy. Now the surrealness comes into play because um, I've been recently res- uh, uncovering unique experiences in my life that it's a little bit hard to explain. They're more supernatural than anything, really. And... Uh, like astral projecting, for example. I, I never done that before. And then I saw caught myself floating out of my body several times within a two year span. And how do I how can I visually do it looking like a phantom? Now how can I use words to articulate it? And uh that's just one example of what one of the pieces I'm gonna recite. And um it's it's it feels vulnerable, but then as a creative person even painting anything that's your person, like in Frida Kahlo, she she painted her ovaries, she painted feminism in an era in a time where most women weren't uh, either we're painting flowers. Yeah, they were already st- uh, categorized, you know. But when women expand further from that comfort and challenge, it's it's a, there's a sense of vulnerability there, you know. But I'm confident to to express the things that I'm gonna express. It's a. It, I've been reciting a few things on my head, and it's a. It's a challenge too because I, I have to uncover traumatic things too, which is, 
you know, it's kind of like a therapy for me, I guess. The poet, poem become therapeutic. You know? Do you think it's easier to express something that you intentionally want to get out with words or hmm. a visual medium? Visual, I've been painting since long ago. So it's a lot easier to, to manipulate my muscle memory, my mental memory, how to, how to mix. So the process of physically doing something adds and aids to re releasing. Now the verbal aspect of it is, is a unique uh, process because now I'm entertaining the other part of my brain where I never really played with it before. You know? So it's, uh, it's like... <laughs> well, um, some of us you know, going through school were taught to express ourselves through essays or, or yeah. writing or and some people that comes very naturally but if you you know were drawing for and expressing yourself that way for so long this is like a whole new challenge it is a whole new challenge it's, it's a wide awakening to utilize what a color might feel how does a color and feel? what words are well, used to yeah. describe that color yes and uh mm. so that's 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 the beauty in this in in the in the frightening part at the same time mm. that comes with the creative creating anything yeah. Can I, ju I i just want to um for i feel like we're sitting here talking to somebody that we we know but for our audience that doesn't know can you give us a little bit of a, a background in your art like where did it start and where did mm. it go to where did it, did it began yeah um I, I could say it began in elementary school. Yeah. Like really acknowledging that art was mm -hmm. a uh, a part of me. Bec at some point, I also looked at nature because I was always by myself a lot in, in public. So I used to see ants and insects, squirrels. So then I was like, well, I have a choice. Maybe I could become a zoologist or something. But then when I was um, going to from elementary to so high school, from high school to, to figure out what high school to go to, mm -hmm. I mean junior high school to high school, then I went and I realized that uh, if I looked at all my sketchbook and I realized how art has always been there for me, more than, let's say, understanding the, the mechanics of a squirrel, as an example, <laughs> then I said, I'll, I'll lean on to that. You know? And even though I didn't really go thorough with the animals, I just enjoyed the, the, the communication and the comic books also helped me uh, learn the muscles and things like that that I couldn't get earlier. So then that was the, 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 the epicenter of it. Eventually that helped me, um, and music also helped me um, enjoy and, and um, push out the, the, those energies within, from within of discoveries and things like that. And um, with the music and art and breaking and, and graffiti, then came the fine arts. And then the fine arts led to uh, college. And then college led to like expanding why am I painting what 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 conversation do I want to say to the public and then eventually that led to then street art the street art led to uh expanding on from from that and and talk about your your thoughts on street art and and, and putting your stuff out into the public and how different that is than having a gallery show and having people come mm -hmm. to it putting your stuff out into the public well like when I was in college um I had a studio and people used to come in, and I used to paint large-scale canvases. And uh, people come in and out, and then that's what live art started f first, then the live, then the street art. So the the live art people will come in and, and and view me from you know from different angles. It's wow, you're doing this at this venue, and, and they'll talk to me about why you're choosing this person as a as a reference. Now, when I painted it public in the street, it didn't change. 
it, it kind of it came more of this uh, kind of that, that live up prepped me I guess for the street but I guess that what I enjoy the most is really the process the process of you know placing an easel and canvas now the same thing as the same where uh, I place my cans these are the mini nozzles I need you know so it's almost the same language but different tools I have to say one thing about live art. You were probably the only person in the world that could have beaten Zesso, and you <laughs> did at Secret Walls. I can't think of another artist that could come close to his ability to just, like, improvise on the spot. And you didn't just beat him. He was so gracious because he even, he even realized halfway through, he even said to me, I can't do this. Oh, my God. She's got me. There's no way. I know. He's like, there's no way I can come close. <laughs> that's humbling though mm-hmm. I mean I look up to everybody who have been there before me and have paved the waves and I, I wasn't honestly I never think about competing in, towards anyone it's just the enjoyment of it so either if I lose or win it was just more like what did I do today that was worth it you know so that's how I I, I still think that way <laughs> but it's yeah. got to make you feel good when you go when you're agree to a situation like that knowing it's not your primary venue and do well yeah it, the, the results is more like okay you did a great job and it's acknowledged but when I don't do when I'm not considered uh, let's say a winner then I reflect back and say oh maybe I could have uh, improvised better how to translate a thought you know, visually so that's where I uh, it, it, n- there's never a fail in, in, in any experience that I have with the public at all there's never a fail uh, but it's always learning <laughs> I'm going to teach something unintentionally they say in project management they say project has a start date an end date and a set of goals Mm. what needs to be accomplished Mm. i say it has those things plus a look back at the end Mm. to see how we could have done it better yeah if you can't you you could be super happy with this piece but then remember oh i went a little too heavy with this right i could have went a little thicker on that and then you remember those things last next time They, they but if you don't look back and say how could this have been a little bit better? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not as good. Maybe your next piece has those same flaws in it type yeah, of thing. I, I totally agree. I mean, that's what I do with all my pieces. Walls, uh, canvases, uh, anything. Any, any, even I do uh, painting on skateboards or uh, um, cutting wood. It's the same thing. When you look back, you get to see how can I make it better? How can I utilize the tools better? Or how can I either, not, not say be quicker about it, but um efficient yeah i mean in in my own personal time and how i I keep consciously about the people around me and how i'm invested on their personal time as well well you also have a three-year-old so time is very very fleeting it's it's, it's slim it's slim you know but um it's it's a good balance because it keeps me understanding where you know i could get all really aggressive about any subject i want and i can see i lose myself in it but when there's family involved it helps me balance it out somehow and it's, it's a good thing you know well, I, I think everyone knows what grounds them what calms and centers them and for you to have it in something that's present is got to be calming as well well yeah i i when i had my uh my my, my three-year-old in the process there was a, a a depression that set in you know because i wasn't active creatively and there weren't a whole lot of hands to help the young one so uh, and also their absence of uh, parental and even relationship, you know. So they weren't. There was uh, there was like an abandonment issues. 
are supposed to be the one to uh, balance those things. And I felt like I was ripped away from creating the way in which it helps me balance myself. So I, I caved in most of the time within these past two years just to how to stay afloat creatively, healthy, and I kind of found myself in the in the last the land of the lost, <laughs> and I feel rejuvenated now because it's, I can totally see how I cannot just sit here and blame others. I can totally see where I can I have better control over of my outcomes m- a lot better. When you know it's not that someone's fault for neglecting me. Now I realize it's you know I set it up that certain way you know or whatever. No, that, I mean, that's a mature way of looking at uh, anyone can say, oh, this person wronged me or mm-hmm. I didn't get a fair shake. But it's, it's very mature to say tomorrow's another day. <laughs> I have decisions to make and I can there's things that I, I have talents and abilities and I should go after those things. Yeah, there, there was a uh, those those moments made me realize I didn't say wonderful things to myself at all. I never thought that I was gifted or talented. I just thought that it was just a, p- a bypass of something. But now that I. I can see that I do have some abilities and I'm very uh, humbled by it. And at the same time, I want to celebrate more of it. You know, I don't want to come off to any of my family members as my priorities are important, but I do do project that for my mental health, I need art. And here it comes again. RuPaul said it best. <laughs> if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Mm-hmm. Can, can, can I get, I get an amen? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You, you got to yeah. take care of yourself first. I didn't know that I wasn't. Right. Which is so, so. It's a hard, yeah, it's hard. It was As more, women, we are uh, we're born. Well, to, we're to, trained, to we're trained not to look for that. We're, we're basically told taking care of ourselves is selfish yeah. and that, you know, it's not who we're supposed to be. Yeah. We're, we're supposed to. for everyone else. Yeah. It's exactly how I was living. And I even looked after my mother uh, when she fell into mental illness. I saw that I didn't want to repeat that. So my, my relationship with my son's father broke apart. But I don't have nothing ill towards him, you know, or the situation. It's just, again, I learned a lot. You know, I learned a lot spiritually uh, how to regain that individuality again with sincereness, with a truth and clarity. You know, there's nothing of... All these bad things, I call them challenges, and these challenges can um, aid you to be a better human being. You know, Creatively, as a creative person, I'm now able to utilize it a little bit better to maybe help another um, creative mother, maybe. Or, you know, don't, don't just give up. Just figure out what you're capable of doing, you know. Now I'm trying to come back and do more walls. <laughs> so one of the things that really fascinates me about your journey is that you also did a little bit of time in the Army, correct? Yes. So did <laughs> that not... the soft-spoken woman was in the Army? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, what I find interesting is do you use any of the tools that you learned mm. there as far as the discipline mm. and this driving, what you're thinking about, about finding your voice? Did that help you find it? Well... Through yes, it did, but I there's two different realities that I, I'm currently going through: the reality of the now and the subconscious. Things that I was hitting from from trauma, and what led me to the military was a lot of inappropriate uh, sexual uh, touch by family members and or experiences with strangers, and me trying to voice it was difficult to the past and now. What led me to the military subconsciously was how to defend myself as a woman from 
unwanted uh, behavior from men. So I ended up realizing being in the military was my projection to defend myself personally. And also uh, martial arts, I take Aikido. So that was another like a shell of defense. Like no one's going to mess with you now. Yes, it, it, it kind of sol- uh, comforted my, my soul from agony. But then came the, the discipline. If, if I can be disciplined uh, in the military, that led me to be disciplined in any field in the world, could be in any job. And that led me to being, you know, um, okay, if I'm going to take a task, like I'm going to commit, this is how I'm going to lay it out, this is how the outcome, and this is what are the, the results. The creative process in between all of that is the beauty that keeps me going. <laughs> it keeps me going for it. You know, the creative process, of how can I translate it? But there's always not the rigidity of uh, mechanically laying out these patterns of, of, okay, my tools are here. I'm gonna go. This is what every human being is supposed to be doing so things like that. But then there's a the beauty of that strictness comes with the play, and I love that duality between the two, and it's it keeps uh, it's a good balance for me per se. But yeah, the military was something that, you know, um, I realized it. I I took that chance because I was living in the homeless shelter, and nobody's gonna pay me. No one's gonna help me pay for college. I couldn't rely on my parents because my, both my parents were alcoholics and my brothers were doing their thing. So I said, how can I become a better artist if I don't go to school for it? So I chose to go to Su- SUNY New Paltz. While being in, so to get there, I have to pay for college tuition. So how can I do so? So I found, I found out that the National Guard pay 100% tuition. So I said, all right, I got to pay my dues. <laughs> so let me pay them now. So that I can be, it, it will be a lot easier to retain uh, creative, instructional discipline from college. I did my eight years, you know, in the process, while be attending college as well, you know. So wow. that's that's a lot. It is, but I, I enjoyed it because I not only was a uh, resident assistant in college facility, I was in the military, paying, uh, working one uh, one week in a month, and I worked at part time at a retail store. But it kept me focused, and you know, in order for you to attain, in order for you to attain something, you gotta sacrifice something, which is my freedom, the freedom to socialize, my freedom to hang out, and I did that consciously. And then, while finishing in the ending part of my career, uh, I mean, my, my ending part of my military, I found that I was pregnant, and then I, they almost took me to Kuwait when there was the the war, uh, and uh, with President Bush, does the, the junior, the senior. Um, yeah. Junior, yeah. So I almost gave. I almost Desert storm. Yes, <laughs> I almost went to to fight for at least a year. Or some there was a schedule that, and I almost gave birth to my son there, but eventually, by the grace of the way the the universe worked, they redirected me back into the um, homeland. I didn't. I finished my uh, ETS. My ended my contract there, and then I, I think uh, within that year I gave birth. And then I became a stay-at-home mom. And uh, the dynamics with the family members is have their own chemistry, but then it led to the appreciation of the discipline that led me to be more focused. Oh, I'm sure you use that a lot with children. Come on. I'm, I'm a goof. <laughs> I'm a goof with kids. <laughs> I play with their Legos <laughs> all the time. So you don't. You're not like a. You, you're not like one of these military military family members we hear about where the kids are like you whistle and they straighten up. No. <laughs> you know, it's it's actually the opposite. You know, I I learned a lot and got scared a lot with my father. He had a an adult tantrum 
because he was an alcoholic too. And I didn't know now know that he suffered too as a child psychologically, but he didn't know how to articulate that. So he was also in the Marines, you know, learning his English there. But he was a tyrant, and he mentally, physically, uh, w- was abusive to my mom. So he was a scare at some point. So I chose if I want. Eventually, God gra- graced me with a, a, a child. I told myself never to be that way. A child deserves. What I learned more, it was my mother giving me freedom. She said, every child deserves to go to the park. Why would you want to stay home and, and be oh sorry, and be more dominant and strict about things? Well, they shouldn't be fearing any human being. They should be enjoying life creatively. And I learned more from my mother uh, lack of self-respect and, and selfless service to all of us. Even she also became emotionally distressed. And started drinking as well because she, like myself, was was expecting others to be around and and and, and balance her the weight of stress. You know, the first thing that popped into my head when you said selfless and and uh, giving of others, it reminded me of the beautiful sketches that you do on paper plates when you eat out and on <laughs> tablecloths. It seems and like it's like always that. Subway. I just have to say, you spend a lot of time at Subway. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a vegetarian slash vegan, whatever now. But my son used to eat a lot of those. So I wanted to encourage, you know, eat better, you know, don't eat junk. So what better way? So we used to eat together and we used to draw. But at the same time, I never really had a studio. So I had, I, I was aching to create something. And I would spend whatever time I had just to create and then just give it out. But I didn't want to beg my son, stay with me so you can, so I, could, I, I hated pulling teeth to any family members or strangers to, to waste their time. And I can't say waste. So that I can be creative. So whatever he ate, I'm like, I'm in a cafe doing something. Because I had that itch to like, ex- like release it. When, when my mind is complex, I don't know where to channel it. So either if I don't create, I'm cleaning the shit out of the house. Sorry. (laughs) 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 Clean. The whole alarm is clean. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, (laughs) it's all good. (laughs) So I'm like, because if there's a lot of energy, creative people have to channel it somehow. Mm -hmm. I found out that if I don't do creative, I could just simply do um, martial arts. So it balanced the the endorphins, the, the adrenaline, and it balanced. So creatively, if I don't do not one other thing, I could do something. Even take long walks helps me uh, balance out creatively and mechanically my mind. Um, I just because you've touched on family a lot, and I feel like it, it seems like maybe family wasn't totally <laughs> supportive of of and and that's something that that just is so sad because. Uh, it, to not being encouraged to pursue that is was that the experience to n- know art will never be a way to live it's, it's um how can i say it's a, a dual it's a it's more like they appreciate what i do but they it's a balance i guess you know mm-hmm. i keep saying the word balance mm-hmm. because i um they never understood the capabilities that i'm capable of doing they never know how to expand it further and when i did i was doing the whole thing by myself you know, I did the basement art sessions. I ended up uh, coordinating events where I wanted to paint with others, but that was my rescue to escape from something as well. You know, um, I realize uh, it's it's a tr- it's a tricky scenario. They they kind of do support, but they also want their freedom too. And um, I don't blame nobody for. But the only thing I I have wished then is that if they can be clear with me in what the intentions were from the beginning with, then. 
uh, a lot of things would have been working out smoothly mm-hmm. now if the intentions were real because now I find a lot of hypocrisy in within my parents and my siblings just as much as with my ex and mm-hmm. even now I have to continuously uh, put borders on my uh, being a parent and being an individual and being a creative person I can't say it's it's a burden but it's a lot especially when you want when I'm always available for them cooking and cleaning which is a, I enjoy much but then w- w- the balance in my mind uh, I, say mm-hmm. I could either be schizophrenic myself or bipolar if I don't get those elements out of my mind so they now realize it's crucial for creative people in general and for me to be this way mm-hmm. and now I have to be an asshole somehow and I, I can't say I enjoy it it's not a uh, I entertain it but uh, you it understand it is a necessity today it is, but it, it, it ha- in the beginning it had a negative uh, residue because mm-hmm. everybody felt like it was I was imposing on them. Mm-hmm. Even doing like walls on the weekends. It's time that you're taking away from them then. Yes, yeah, like they want to, w- like, like you have a three-year-old, why, why are you not looking after them? Mm. Why you, why you, what a tablet is going to do? Why you because can't you don't want to kill them and you need your away time, otherwise you will kill them. Because in order to be a good parent, you have to have something for yourself. You You have to. Otherwise, because if you give everything to the child, what's going to happen when they're 16, 18? I agree. You you have to have something for yourself. And the only way you're going to raise a child that knows to go out and get something for themselves is if they see you doing it. I'm talking to my eldest, my son, and I told him, you don't see me going from here happy. And and you saw me like almost flatlined. If I didn't do art. And you saw me not cr- like crying, just creating something. You know that that wasn't me. You knew that art for me is is a is my part of my soul, my identity. Now my my eldest son is like understand it. Your mom, go ahead, go for it, you know. But then he he kind of like feels bad because he too want to play video games all day and not care for the little one, you know, like when my father's sleeping or something and. I got to look after the little one. I'm like, well, there comes a contract that we all had together. If you want to have another baby, then you're supposed to be like, forget, you know, if I'm forgetting my art, just as, just as for like for week on end and I'm, a- I'm aching for the weekends, why can't you do it? It was like they thing? almost just took it as a hobby as opposed yes. to a lifeline. Yes. That, yeah. And then, then they were able to. Like you have it. to give up that yeah. pastime. And yeah. my, my ex would say, well, now that you're a mom, why should you continue doing art? Now, that was like, it took a while for him to re- register. He was supportive. He was. He still is. It's just for him, it has its limits, mm. you know, and I appreciate him. I still do. Uh, but now I want to do more walls. So how old is the oldest now? 14. Wow. And then my third, no, he's at my, my youngest three, so it's a 10 years gap. You know, he's gonna be That's four. kind of nice, though, because you really have two only children. Yes. In their own worlds because they don't, you don't have sibling rivalry because mine are 10 years apart. And it's a whole different dynamic because the older one is old enough to know to put his toys up so the younger one doesn't get into them. Yeah. And if he lets them do it, then it's on him. It's not on you because he's smart enough to know that he needs to. And yet, you know, they have their own worlds. It's like a real true older sibling yeah. as opposed to a closer age gap, yeah. It is. I mean, but then they, they the elders feel like uh, he's also responsible too mm. um, if his, the father is working or having, he's like, now I have to give up doing my personal things just to look after the little one. I don't never want to impose. It's to not imposing. What good's a dwarf if you can't put him to work? <laughs> Children have chores. 
Huh? Children have chores. Yes. Yeah, they do. They do. And if you don't, if he never does anything like that, then what's going to happen if he get, if he ends up being a father? Is he going to say, "I don't want to take care of this kid"? I told my son straight up. Look at this experience, and that uh, what happened traumatically with my grandmother to my mother from mother, you know, whatever. If you if you love your independence, don't have children. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't have any kids because then if you think it's, it's cute, if you think it's a lovely idea to mirror whatever likeness of you, it's not. It's not. I heard a comedian say it's the most, they say having a child is selfless, but it's really the most egotistical thing you can do. <laughs> I love myself so much, I want another one. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> and they're never, the problem is that that's not how they ever turn out. That's the, like the shocker because... From the day they're born, they're already somebody different. Yeah. I mean, from the second they're born, they're already telling you who they are. And yeah. it's, you, you can't change that. You I can't, really can't. The, what I'm learning now is to give the proper tools to, dis- yeah. to, to be a better human being, not to disrespect another, you know, and um, be able to be sympathetic, appreciative, and never to take from others when you can't give in returns, you know, as plain as, as crystal as they can be, you know. But... Uh, um, these are just baby, I guess, baby steps to how to become human, you know, like a hum- humanity and its uh, primal basic steps. So when I tell my eldest son, don't have kids, if you don't, if you don't, if you're seeing this now and you enjoy loving, create, uh, playing video games and socializing, um, just don't have any. And then my youngest son, yeah, we can't, obviously he's three years old. He's a one, he's wonderful. Uh, he makes me happy. Um, He's just, like you said, his own character. He reminds me of a reincarnated cat. He'll squat everywhere and just, <laughs> he doesn't stand, he just squats. And he looks, and then he'll look at this, and he's like, you want this? And he just tumbles it. <laughs> 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 like, I know what you like, but I'm, at the same time, I'm going to disrespect you. <laughs> it's funny. But uh, creatively, yeah, he's very out there. Um, I'm sorry, that I can't say I'm sorry, but I, I did touch a lot with um, parental and dynamics but I learned a lot within these past two years. Now I'm able to articulate a little bit more. And now it's in the realm of spirituality. Um, again, astral projecting. And I premonitions. I had a car accident in 2017. And then I, I dreamt about it on a weekend. And I had the car accident on Thursday. So I knew like I'm having v- uh, waves of information while sleeping. Even lights coming out of my 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 body, it's and I'm trying to explain to people, and I say, "Oh my, your chakra is opening." And I, uh, so this, so that's a new wave that that I had no control over. Now, when you have no control over, I kind of panic and freak out. But I don't know how that relates to art. Now I have to articulate creatively what's happening to me. So, in regards to the poems mm-hmm. that I'm going to reveal, it's pretty much those experiences that I'm unable to explain. And insects and animals and, and, and hawks that have been following me. There's just, and I have a lot of more uh, um, in Facebook. There's this thing called unexplainable stuff. You're going to start seeing videos of things, uh, even numbers that come in repetitions one, one, ones, two, 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 three, two, threes, and, and so on. That I'm not looking for them. They're just there. And I don't even know how to put into words how, what does it mean. So I have to do more research and, and more meditation and stuff like that. So that, that's the new things that's happening. You know, now I, I want to creatively express it <laughs> without looking like a loony. <laughs> Do you think this new form of 
expressing yourself through poetry will then maybe spark a new either series of visual artwork or i'm hoping yes i'm hoping that's 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 a line but as as the the year's been progressively going it's i'm expecting the unexpected Mm, that's beautiful um, then (laughs) who knows i could probably launch some clothing you can't make (laughs) any mistakes then yeah exactly and and not not having standards kind of like expectations helps be more fluid but it also helps you to recognize happy accidents yeah a lot more without having to have a cringe oh i i I visioned it this way and then can flow better with that one yeah 45 minutes young lady you have have had me captivated that flew that that was 45 minutes already can you believe that (laughs) stop it i promise unbelievable we covered a lot of territory we sure did did. i learned a few things we almost went to kuwait (laughs) (laughs) right Oh my gosh! I'd like to know who. What's the summer? What mm. do you have in store? I want to create. I want to collaborate with more people. So mm, I'm pretty like much who? open. Anything or anyone or any. Put any. it out there. What's I'm, your dream? Your dream collaborate. We love to ask dream collaborations, dead and alive. Is there someone that you wish was still alive, you so you could do something with them? Hmm. That's a great question. There's so many people in the past that influenced me, and there's people in the now. Like uh, Riz, and then I love her, and I love. I want to collaborate with her for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we, already, we 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 established that. that. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's gonna, gonna happen. happen. <laughs> but overall, I think I learn. A l- I don't have a specific person now. What I'm learning now, I learn more about myself with strangers, with a lot of new folks, or all the el- even the older one could. They can rekindle the structure I had, but having new folks can stimulate something in the in, in my subconscious. I guess I don't know. Whatever comes my way, I'm welcome to collaborate, to explore and develop even from collaboration, from drawings to paintings, from you know, anything. I, I realize collaboration strengthen the unity of love, the unity of, of respecting others. And if we can't collaborate somehow, there, you know, um, there's that um, I'm more important, which is okay, you know, because you are, everybody individually are important. But for me, I feel like I could get to grow further. That's just my end of the story. I don't know. So we can all draw monkeys somehow. <laughs> I can't draw a monkey. Any more live art events in the future? Any art battles, secret walls, anything like that coming up? Um, at the moment, I am open for them. I am uh, open to travel and to see. So I'm, oh, I've been emailing as much as I can, and so I'm just really much waiting. And I don't like to just sit there idle waiting, so I just like to still th- be creative. So at this moment, I just like uh, being pacing myself and not knowing where the the energies are coming. But I'm just grateful that every moment I can expand on myself and and, and strengthen my creative uh, language. That's what's happening right now, you know. Yeah, that's great. so before we let you go why don't you tell everybody your instagram website things like that where they Mm -hmm. can find you online please i have so far two i'm I'm working on my website now because i want to do prints and other uh, merchandise and stuff so only i have at the moment is uh instagrams and i have facebook for my instagram i have my first name which is maltalicia at maltalicia that's m-a-r-t-h-a L I C I A, and I also have another page in Instagram which is only for uh, street art, which is the N Y C M two, and that's for all the the drawings from paintings 
on the walls in the public just as much on spray cans yeah and then for facebook it's my first and my last name which is maltalicia matarrita <laughs> As, uh, say that one more time <laughs> <laughs> maltalicia matarrita that's oh, I, love that. <laughs> I love the R's. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming in today. Oh my this gosh. was a lovely chat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate you welcoming me. It was really, it's nice to share. So it yes. feels nice. Thank you for having me. Thank You're very you welcome. Coming. We can't wait to see you, uh, what you work on next. Thank you. We'll be there. Yay. We are sold out with Martha Licia. Yay.